We all pot down here. Varum kuna va nit pavon friendly from meaning fashila. Welcome to We All Pod Down Here. I'm Dan. And I'm Brittany. And this week we are going to be reviewing The Columnist from 2019. Now that said, I figured I'll translate what I just said a moment ago for the opening quote. So if you're watching this on Shutter, I believe it's on Shutter or Amazon Prime, one of the two, the actual subtitles will say, look, why can't we just have different opinions and be nice about it? If you want to do like a more direct translation, it's really, look, why can't we just kindly disagree? Basically, same gist of it either way. So the columnist actually also has an alternative title, which is Dikotor, which basically translates to the contour. <laughs> Very direct. Yes. So now while this movie technically came out in 2019, it really wasn't easily available in the U.S. till 2021. So some sources will list this as a 2021 movie. But like I said, you kind of go either way with it. General overview of this movie is we follow Femke Boot, who is a columnist, and she is getting harassed to no end by internet trolls and decides to go ahead and take matters into her own hands. Yep. In a lot of different ways. Yes. So our references for this are Wikipedia, IMDb, National Geographic, all that's interesting, and Al Jazeera News. And would you like to review the cast and crew? Sure. And again, apologies to any of our Dutch friends if I mispronounce stuff. But so our director is Ivo van Art. Our writer was Don Windhorst. And our cast, Femke Boot, is played by Katja Herbers. She was also in Westworld and Evil, which the show Evil looks really good. I want to watch that when Same. we get a chance. Yeah, it looks really cool. And then Anna Boot is her daughter, and she is played by Claire Porto. And then we have Stephen Dood, which Dood in English is actually death, so it's basically Stephen Death. He is played by Bram van der Kellen. And then we have Arend, who is played by Genot de Groot. And then Tarek Boss is played by Atraf Kotet. And then we have Arjen Toll, who is the neighbor. He is played by Ryan Hoffman. And last, we have the head of school, who is played by Harry von Reithoven. And so that is it for our casting crew again. Apologies if I mispronounced anything. I did my best. So into our spoiler-free review. I just want to say real quick up front, who the fuck doesn't want to hunt down some internet trolls? Yeah, there's, there's some really vile people on social media, and we'll dive down that rabbit hole in a bit. Yeah. But yeah, there's, I mean, I think everyone with a functioning brain has seen some really terrible things on social media that, for me, have almost totally driven me away from social media at times because people are just so gross and say terrible things without consequence. Yeah, I've seen some stuff and some things. Wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> but yeah, so, now I'm not saying you should go hunt down internet trolls. Definitely not. That's taking it a little far. It's definitely taking it way too far, but I'm just saying that I'm sure everyone has at least had the fantasy of, like, scaring your internet troll. At least that has to cross your mind at least once. At least for me it has. Maybe I'm the outlier, but I highly doubt it. No, you're definitely not an outlier. Internet trolls are just modern societal trash. They just harass and threaten people with no consequence whatsoever, usually behind some sort of really dumbass alias, especially if it's Twitter with like a random name and a bunch of numbers at the end of it. Just awful people. But in this case, there are some consequences, people, and they are wildly entertaining. Yeah. And my thing also is, 
The trolls that are like the silly trolls, like something like Danhausen, where he sits there and just messes with the ass boys. We know he's joking around. It's he's joking. Silliness. They know he's joking. They're all playing a part and they're having fun with it. And that I'm cool with. Yeah. Stuff like that where it's like good hearted fun. These people are not having good hearted fun. They are literally like saying, I know where you live and basically threatening her life over making horrifying baseless accusations all because they just don't like her lifestyle column her column is so benign yeah the va- the only thing she really did and we'll get into this a bit that really kind of throws everything off is the zvata pete which mm-hmm. is black pete and that's we'll get into the all the issues that surround that there's a lot of problems with that yeah so but that's the that's kind of what i think set a lot of people off but the other stuff she does a lot of times is like i don't like soup or why I like a soft-boiled egg, like, mm-hmm. stuff like that, that is just so harmless and that people are, like, attacking her and threatening her life yeah, over. people are just calling her terrible names and things like that. And people just do this willy-nilly thinking that there's not another person on the end of this that could be hurt by that. Yeah. And people need to think before they say things. Yeah. And she's just had enough. Yeah. And she's going to do something about it. This movie does not hold back at all. And it's really an intriguing look into social media and all the just thriving negativity that encapsulates it. I mean, modern times right now is no better example on how gross and disgusting social media can be. And we have a really over-the-top what-if scenario. And for me, this movie was a really enjoyable time. It moved at a very fast pace, loaded with a ton of really sharp wit, some really great characters, and it tackles a very interesting and very real topic with a just a gleefully vile sense of humor mm-hmm. and this is one of those movies where you do end up really cheering for the killer because the people like i said they're not just trolls poking some fun here and there no they're like legitimately threatening her life and being beyond awful and she looks into the backgrounds of these some of these people and they they say say some they do some pretty bad things yeah these aren't people that were just like made one offhanded comment about like i don't like the way your hairstyle looks today. Your column was stupid. Yeah, it's like these are people that are going above and beyond to be terrible. Mm-hmm. But we quickly see how addiction to social media does a lot of harm. Because like with Femka, you see that this addiction obviously leads to her truly killing. And But I love her character development throughout it. And we see so many sides to her and the harm that this addiction does to her. And the harm, not just the social media, obviously, but the killing itself... And it does harm to her, her boyfriend, her daughter. And her daughter is like really inspired by her and is trying to speak out about some issues, partly at her school because she's kind of being silenced by the newspaper mm-hmm. there. But also she decides to really speak out about some issues with free speech in countries like Russia and Turkey and stuff like that. And again, the irony for a lot of that is that Femka's pieces are really just pretty neutral. But she's under a lot of stress for the deadlines from her publisher because she's writing a book. And it seems the killing is actually helping her write, which is kind of funny because every time she does a kill, she seems to be typing up more. Like she's just, this has inspired her, I guess. It's almost like taking a lot of the stress off by getting back at someone who wronged her. Yeah. So... It's it feels like there's just the proverbial shackles. Yeah, and it feels like it's just more so much is piled on her that she just fucking snaps. Yeah, and it becomes an addiction. Yeah, just like the social media is. Mm-hmm. And so I put when I was typing up notes, I was like, so good for her, I guess. Uh, sucks for the trolls. Yep, definitely does. So, so that's pretty much everything I have to say for my spoiler-free review. Did you want to go ahead and get into spoilers, or is there anything else you want to add? The only thing to add really is. Overall, this is a pretty fun movie, but also has a very serious undertone. So go in this 
knowing that you're probably going to have a pretty good time, but there's also a pretty poignant message as well. So Yeah, it's a movie that's going to make you think a bit, too. It's a movie that will entertain and inform, just like Carlin. So with that, spoiler alert? Spoiler alert. So trolls are freaking garbage, and Femke annihilates them and has such a good time doing it. I mean, she's so happy taking these people down, she creatively takes them down. And she keeps a souvenir, a.k.a. a finger. Not just any finger, though. The middle middle finger. finger. And she drops it into a box of peas. Yep. A box of frozen peas. Yep. Because no one wanted to eat the frozen peas, apparently. So, she... Rosebud. Rosebud frozen peas. Full of country goodness and green penis. penis. Wait a minute. That's That's awful. awful. I I quit. quit. Oh, it takes a handful the from the road. road. Oh, yes, there's a French fry stuck in my beard. If you don't get the joke, then please go watch the credit because it's so delightful. Such a great, ridiculous Orson Welles thing. Yeah. And if you haven't seen the actual, it's not really something you see, you hear the audio of the actual Orson Welles, mm-hmm. him freaking out over this commercial. Yeah. It's really funny. Yeah. He's just very upset. Very, very upset. Yeah. This is a movie that. You can't help but rooting for her with all the things some of these people say. Like the one guy is her neighbor is a white supremacist and very, very has very fascist leanings and things like that and just says a lot of really freaking awful, horrible things. Well, it's like you see that he's also building a fence and he was mm-hmm. sharing some pro Trump stuff. So I'm like, he's building a wall. Yeah, ironic, right? Well, he, and he posted some stuff about like you know, like closing the borders and stuff mm. like that. So. And she just sees the fence and just smashes the crap out of it. With yeah, it, which was great. And then like he's her first kill, and it's so nonchalant. She just he's up on the roof. She just walks up there, bounces her way. He doesn't even notice she's there. He's got the radio playing. Yeah, and she just pushes gives, him. Gives, Think. Gives him a little push, you know, like the Joker, like madness, just needs a little push. Yeah, and that's kind of where you can tell it's just like she's kind of gone off the edge because earlier he and also. So did he? Well, yeah, literally. <laughs> but so earlier he had come over after he saw the fence was smashed and everything was wrecked and offers her a ham, and it feels like him probably thinking she might have done something, but he's asking her, "Did you see anything?" And then he's like, "Oh, you know, here's this ham," and it felt like kind of like an olive branch. Yeah, but she thought, oh, he probably poisoned this or something. Well, at something. least I thought that. I, I did know. too. And, well, she threw it out. She didn't touch it. Yeah, I don't I think her. she thought the same thing, that this guy's probably trying to poison me or something, so she chucked it in the trash. Yep. And then chucked him off the roof. Yep. And I like how, like, she then just goes down and just cuts off his middle finger, though, because it feels like since mm-hmm. it's the middle finger, it's like the final fuck you. Like, she's taking mm-hmm. the fuck you away from them and, like, taking that as her souvenir. Yeah, quite the symbolism there. Yeah. And we also see earlier where another neighbor comes out and he's and i remember you know i watched this and we saw that we're like is that guy black facing like really we were like and he was so giddy about it and then we kind of delved down into what it actually was and admittedly this was something i hadn't heard of before i hadn't either quite disturbing well because like and we kind of get our first taste of that with the police because the police don't take her seriously she comes to try to report it and they basically just like blow her off and the one guy even says you know like that, oh, it's just the internet, it's not real. And he tells her, you know, maybe you just shouldn't write columns about Svata Pete anymore, which, again, Black Pete anymore. Mm-hmm. And he acted like, you know, the internet's not real. It's like, mm, cyberbullying is very real. It's very real, and it should be taken seriously. Yeah. If it was taken seriously, this probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah. But so, jumping back to her story with her daughter, her daughter, like we said earlier, is writing this... Or, 
she offers kind of one of these things that really leads to like a lot of the catalyst of this movie is she offers to help her daughter with a speech that she wants to have that basically is because she feels silenced at school, but she says it's about like Russia, Turkey, and the Philippines. And yeah. I believe her that that's really her focus on it. They rejected an article of hers, I think, because she used like a swear word or something. Yeah, he didn't like the language. The headmaster basically didn't like the language of it. And so he sees her putting up all this free speech stuff and he's like, is this about, you know, me taking you off the newspaper? And she's like, no, it's about Russia, Turkey, and the Philippines. Like, you know, trying to spread the word that they don't have free speech and we do. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, he can't do shit about it now. What's yeah. he going to do? Tell her that she can't like express herself that way. Yeah. It's not part of the school newspaper. It's just her own thing she wants to do. She's crafty. Mm-hmm. So throughout this, we also see that she, again, we mentioned her boyfriend, Stephen Dud, which again, that's Stephen Death in English. He wasn't the boyfriend to start. No, like they, a rival. Yeah, like. they kind of like seem like a rival at the beginning. And basically she tells him, you know, like how she, he wasn't very nice to her. And he points out that, you know, he's like, no, I wasn't. It's not an excuse, you know, but it's a reality is I was trying to sell my book and I'm playing a part. And I think that kind of, he basically kind of apologized without yeah. apologizing. I guess, and they connected a bit. Yeah. I guess he apologized with his penis later, but. <laughs> oh, I saw that one coming. That's what she said. <laughs> I but, totally meant that. <laughs> but I, I love the, the one thing I really like is that, you know, they're sitting there having breakfast and the daughter comes home and like, Daughter's daughter, a big fan. Yeah, yeah, the daughter earlier was like reading one of his books because she's a big fan of it. And him. she was like, he's not a very nice man. But then there he is at breakfast. Yeah, he's at, and so she just like doesn't even know what to do and just like grabs her stuff and leaves. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I could see that. You imagine like coming home and your mom's like with a celebrity basically. And you're like, what do I do? How what? do I react? Yeah. What? 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 What's, what's happening here? Yeah. And you see, you really... As it goes through this, you know, you see him spending time with both of them and stuff like that. Yeah, this is a really genuinely good guy. Yeah. Who I was really rooting for, and I was very, very upset at his ultimate demise. Yeah, because... Or perceived demise. It's pretty obvious she killed him. But we see, though, that they're at one point, like, both, like, sitting kind of in the office area, both working on their computer together. Mm -hmm. And she's reading the comments, and he flat out tells her, like, don't ever read the comments. Never read the comments section, Mm -hmm. which is... He's very smart. Yeah, best advice you can give, because basically, like, there's terrible people out there. They're going to say terrible things. Don't look at that. But she can't help herself, and eventually this is where she kind of decides to hunt down her next victim, now that she's thrown her neighbor off the roof. Mm -hmm. And one of the funny things that I saw her daughter did is there's a banner she puts up at school that says, fuck the king, long live freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. And you can tell it's like the principal or I guess headmaster, whatever it's considered, is just like livid and he can't do shit about it. It just made me really laugh, really happy watching that. If you did that in the school here just for because of the F word, that would be taken down immediately. Yeah, but on to her next kill. The So the next one, I believe, is the one where it's the guy in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. and Or is the next one the guy? No, no, no. The, it's the guy in the kitchen. You're right. Yes, yeah, the guy in the kitchen. And she comes there and basically talks to him and is like, how could you kind of say these things about me? And he basically just blows her off and he's really rude to her. And so she fucking kills him. And then the next victim, that's the one that's in the bathtub. And that guy seems so apologetic. He's like, I'll delete Twitter. I'll do anything. And mm-hmm. she ends up just walk, starting to walk away. And you think she's going to let him live. And she just tosses the laptop in the bathtub so mm-hmm. casually. And love how a lot of her kills are very casual. Yeah. She is getting so much revenge joy out of this. Yeah. It's like this cathartic thing for her. And I like that there's like a montage kind of thing of the family where you see her, Stephen, and Anna all like celebrating like New Year's and all this stuff. And then like it keeps then cutting to scenes of her killing. Yeah. So it's kind of like her two lives Mm -hmm. like 
showing them all she's, together. She's turned into a bonafide serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. Went from push neighbor off the roof to like everybody's fucking going down. Yeah. It's like she got a taste and liked it a little too much. And then the next thing we jump to, because as she's writing her book, her publisher, all of them find there's these people trying to say that she's a pedophile, which that's, again, a very serious accusation. Mm -hmm. That's not something, that's not, I don't like you. That's actually a a crime. You know, you're accusing someone of a very serious crime. Mm -hmm. One thing I do that I kind of want to hear your thoughts on, though, is when she goes, jump back to the stuff with the headmaster of school, when she goes, you can tell she's going to kill him because he keeps basically like doing stuff to piss the daughter off. Yeah. And when she's going to kill him, he's, she sees him, like, hugging his wife, or I guess who we presume is his wife. Mm-hmm. And then she, like, just walks away and has, like, a full-on, like, meltdown her car, like, hitting the steering wheel and everything. I've been watching, I've watched that scene a couple times, and I've been trying to figure out, do you think she's upset about not being able to kill him because the wife was there? Or that she's upset that she's, like, God, I'm taking this too far. Like, she has, like, some sort of, like... Or a little both, maybe. Like, a morality conflict kind of thing. Yeah, but I wasn't sure which way to interpret that. What were your... How'd you interpret that? I initially thought that it was kind of a morality conflict, that she saw this guy with, you know, his wife, and she's like, oh, God, like, what am I doing kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think it was... For me, I think it was a moment of transition, Mm -hmm. where you feel like... Okay, she could go a couple of ways here. Because later, she just does not give a fuck anymore. She devolves much more as the movie goes. Yeah. I think at this point, she had a bit of a morality quandary. That's kind of how I was interpreting yeah, it. Because a lot of people... ultimately was, didn't do it. Yeah, and a lot of people, it seems like she'd been killing were people that didn't have immediate family. There was there. no one else there when she killed them. Like, it was a lot just of times, like, them. they had, like, a significant other, like, the guy that she the killed guy in, in his kitchen. kitchen. Yeah, he, he had a significant other, but a lot of these people seem like they were just, like, what you would probably think of as the stereotypical guy in the basement playing D&D kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which, nothing wrong with that. We obviously are total nerds, but that's kind of how you're interpreting it. The kind of jerk hole who doesn't really have any understanding of the impact of what they're doing yeah but back to the issue with her being a pedophile because then shortly after she does not kill the headmaster the police then show up at her house and you're Mm -hmm. thinking oh shit they finally caught Mm -hmm. on to her because throughout this i've been like she is not being careful she is not covering her tracks like this is very sloppy this is very much a movie that you have to have the willing suspension of disbelief for and just go with it to enjoy it because Mm -hmm. otherwise you're going to be sitting there in your murderino mind being like no, you would have gotten caught immediately. The like fingerprints, fingerprints, the DNA, everything. Everywhere. Yeah, so, again, Her not bag care. full of tools with... Blood all over them. Like, she's not yeah. even trying to hide She's not stuff. even washing them or anything. She's just this bloody bag of stuff. But so the reason the police show up, actually, is because someone reported that she had a child being held hostage. And I love that she immediately first jokes with them. Acting mm-hmm. like, and she's like, oh, yeah, that's my daughter's sex slave or something. And they're like, what? And she's like, I'm kidding. Yeah. Like, why would I, like, that's ridiculous. And they're like, well, we, you know, we didn't take it seriously. Like, you know, but do you have any enemies? And she's like, Twitter. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, of course. Literally, Twitter is her enemy. Yep. Um, but she mentions there's a guy that kind of seems to be like the ringleader, like the head troll. And his name is Buskabouter. And the cop basically, the one that was there was the one that didn't take her seriously earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. And he mentions to the other cop, he says, oh, it's probably Tarek. And she's like, Tarek and he's like I, I didn't say that I didn't say that you must have misheard you must have misheard and so of course now she has like a name to go on mm-hmm. so she's trying to find this head troll that's kind of like you know her number like and public enemy number one for her yeah that's her white whale yeah shortly after this though is when Anna finds the weapons that were like covered in blood and she now thinks Steven's the killer yeah because he's, he's a horror writer he's a horror stuff. writer he's you know kind of has that aura around him but he's also been nothing but a 
decent, nice, down-to-earth human being here. So despite what he writes about, he's been really level-headed and really good to her. Yeah. So, but, but obviously she can't possibly imagine her mother doing something like this. Of course. So, and her mother does not come off as that kind of person at all. Yeah. So she immediately assumes him. Yeah. Now we're getting to the point where we're, obviously time has passed, you know, they've had a real deep bond and Mm -hmm. now it's time for her daughter's speech. This has been going on, probably going on for months, it seems like, preparing for this. And she was going to be there to give her own speech, basically to like introduce what her daughter is trying to do. Yeah, and give some like weight behind her daughter. Exactly. And... Steven's even there, like, cooking and reminds her. He says, like, you know, like, have you been on Twitter again stuff? And mm-hmm. she's says she's just going for a walk to clear her head, so... And there's a point where she had, like, severed the phone lines. And not yet. Not yet. But. Not yet, no. Because this at first, what happens before it gets to the point of severing the phone lines, that what causes her to sever the phone lines, and or I think it's not necessarily the phone, I think it's the internet. Yeah. It? She probably still has, like, a phone. The ethernet. But the what I think is the catalyst for that is the fact that she where she's going out to is to kill this guy Arden and Arden is just seems like just this seems like he's a hunter he's got like a lot mm-hmm. of like trophies you know on the wall she has her trophies in a in a pee box yeah she does his trophies are animals all over the wall but he has a gun and essentially they end up she ends up killing him but this is, I think, one of the best parts of the whole movie, and I want to go into this in detail because of how much I love this scene. Her daughter's waiting for her. You can see she's looking. Of course, Stephen shows up, and Mom's nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. And it gets to the point that she finally has to give this, basically give her mom's speech for her. That's, this is obviously very hard on her. Like, her mom promised to be there, and her mom's letting her down. And But during this scene, it kind of, we jump back and forth between Femke hunting Arden down because he she eventually gets the gun away from him outside, and she's walking around the woods trying to find him. And during the speech, as her daughter's giving it, she's saying things about how, and this is from her mom's, her mom's words, saying how she can write about whatever she wants and how it seems like this archaic thing to worry about freedom of speech of course everyone has freedom of speech but there's places in the world where people are killed for what they say she's there's people that are killed for what they write on the internet killed for their words and as she's saying killed for her words she's like taking aim she's hunting this guy yeah yeah and then she it says something to the effect of, you know, if people don't agree, they're allowed to be angry, curse me, fight against me uh, with every argument they can come up with, but they aren't allowed to silence me. I can say anything. And then this is right when the trigger is about to get pulled. The daughter raises her glass and says, a toast to freedom of speech. And right when she says that is when Femke sh- shoots and kills Arden. So very poignant and ironic. Yeah. It's just like, it was such a good point because, mm-hmm. and it reminded me a little bit of the movie, The Hunt in that kind of aspect yeah. of like the irony of all of it, that basically she She's sitting there saying how people are killed for their words. And it's like, that's what you're doing right now. You're killing someone for words. And now they're very hurtful words. Not nice words, obviously. Horrifying words, but is it justification for murder? Yeah. No. And it's like, she wrote all this without even seeing the irony of what she's doing. That part of the movie, I think, is just like utter fucking brilliance and one yeah. of the best parts. And again, like, this movie is fun in a lot of ways, but it also has a very serious message. And that scene is perfect demonstration of that and also you don't hunt no man (laughs) so now we're gonna get the it's always sunny references in yeah you don't hunt no man (laughs) weren't they trying to hunt cricket yeah they were trying to hunt cricket they're like we're gonna hunt cricket no 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 you don't hunt no man listen to frank he's wise yeah just don't pick your toenails with a steak knife oh jeez. but so at this point this is where again everything really starts to fall apart because yeah, because the daughter Anna, is fed up. And I don't blame her. No, I, mean, I don't blame her one bit. Her mom, her mom totally let her down and abandoned her. Wouldn't answer her calls. Moment. And she tried to claim that her car had broke down or something like that. And it's like, then Remember she did answer and she hung up on her? 
No, no, she just rejected it. Oh, that's right. She rejected the call. Right. Yeah, but the daughter's like, you know, you you rejected my call. Like, you basically hung up on me. Yeah. Yeah. And she was, there's, she has no excuse because if she was broken down the side of the road and she had called and said, oh my God, my car's broken down. I'm doing everything I got to get it there. Why couldn't you answer your daughter? Because you were killing some dude. Yeah. And so at that point though, she could, if, if, if she was telling the truth, there's no logical reason. And her daughter probably would have been understanding if something actually broke down and she's still trying to get there. You know, at that point she could have delayed it slightly. Maybe Steven could have gone and got her. Mm-hmm. But again, that's not what was going on. She was, and earlier we, like Steven even thinks she's kind of cheating on him because. Yeah, because he's just like running out randomly and I don't blame him for being a little suspicious. Yeah, but this is the point where Femka really realizes she's out of control. This is where she cuts the internet. This is where she buys her old school Nokia, mm-hmm. which will never run out of battery. Yep. There's all that, that joke I remember where someone was like, you know, like aliens come down the planet like millions of years after humans are extinct and they find a Nokia with like 50% batter, yeah. 50% batteries <laughs> left on it. Oh, those Nokia bricks, I gotta hand it to them though, man, those things were sturdy. Yeah, for sure. But so at this point, she's, she's trying to get... Yeah, she, she's trying to... She's trying to remove herself from the addiction. Yeah. It's like somebody cutting themselves off cold turkey from like substance abuse or something. They're just trying to, all right, I'm just going to get rid of it. Done. And it's like the opposite of Jerry Seinfeld. And he goes, I got to get on this internet. I'm there. I'm missing everything. <laughs> like, oh, the things to come. Believe me, you're not missing much yeah, exactly. anymore. You're not missing a lot. Well, it's like there was that joke you, I've seen a couple times where it's like, what would be the most difficult thing to explain to like... If you could like go back in time and go mm-hmm. to like the 1800s, what would be the most difficult thing to explain to people? And it's like I have a device in my pocket that possesses all the knowledge of the world, and I use it to fight with people and look at cats. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's so poignant. Yeah. But so with Anna being fed up, she goes to live with her dad. Like she's like, nope, goodbye. I'm not even gonna live with you anymore. She's so mad, and she keeps calling her though. So Femka keeps calling Anna, mm-hmm. and trying to get her to come to her book opening. She's, you know, finished her book. It's getting published and she wants her to come and be there. And at some point, who we believe is Anna does this. We don't know for sure, but we believe that Anna slips a note under the door and it's a picture of Sweeney Todd. Like it says, Stephen, do it. I know your secret. Or, what you know, it says it obviously in Dutch, but, mm-hmm. and of course that's, she sees him kind of like Sweeney Todd. So, which I could see if, if you're in Anna's perspective. Yeah, she's and, not suspecting her mother at all. And she doesn't have a whole lot of reason to suspect her mother for killing a bunch of people. Yeah. So later, you can see that Femka's doing a lot better. So you're kind of like, okay, you know what? Maybe things are going to get better for her. Like Maybe she's, she's past this shit. Yeah. No. I mean, you're probably going to still get caught one of these days, but hey, you know what? Hey, you, you're you're moving on. But she's walking with Stephen. He's like, oh, there's some good comments on your stuff. She's like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, he shows her. And when he shows her, there's a comment that says Tarek Boss. They don't translate it on the movie, but I went in and translated it. This translates to say, but now that, and the way it's spelled on there is F E M. K-U-T, which K-U-T is cunt in Dutch. So it basically says femkut, like femkunt, mm-hmm. playing on her name. But he says, but now that femkut is off Twitter, is there any reason to stop Twitter? Now it's finally fun there. And I don't think it's necessarily as much the comment as the fact that that, you know, this guy, her arch nemesis basically. It's like proclaiming victory. Well, also not only that, I feel like that she realizes that she's been looking for the name Tarek Bosk about there. It's Tarek Boss. He just increased his last name essentially and now mm-hmm. she finds him because it's the day of her book launch she's dressed up and she's dressed yeah. all in white like she looks great and she cannot help herself she takes steven's phone and you can tell she looks up the address for Tarek boss yeah she finds, finds this dude and she shows up with the gun that she used to kill Aaron. like and she's she just walking out broad daylight with holding this, this big ass gun does not give a shit waves to the neighbors yeah doesn't care 
They don't even notice she has a gun. It's, it's crazy. And she just walks up, knocks on the door. And the first guy that opens the door, she just says, Tarek? And he says, what? And then she shoots and kills him. Yeah. And he's probably like, if someone if someone answered the door and said your dad's name, you'd probably or your like, son's name, like, or you'd probably what? be like, what? Like, what are yeah. you talking what about? What are you talking about? And then she just, bam, blasts this guy into right to hell. Yeah. And, and throughout the next scenes, we have it intercutting between Anna confronting Stephen, thinking that those are his weapons and everything. And that's when they find the fingers like in the frozen mm-hmm. keys. At this point, I guess he realizes what's happened. He looks at his phone and he just books it on his bike. Because, of yeah. course, everyone in Europe rides bikes because it's better than here. Oh, this poor guy. Yeah, I know. I, I loved him so much. I was so sad about this part. But, of course, this is the part that's also really great in this movie is because then she hears this kid upstairs go, Dad, like, what's going on? And she goes upstairs and she's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Tarek Bus. And she's like, no, like, you know, the guy downstairs is. And it's just this dumb kid in a Fortnite shirt mm-hmm. with a Scarface poster behind him. This is exactly what you would expect a fucking dumbass internet troll to be. Just some dumb kid with no life and nothing better to do than to be a schmuck. Yeah. Now, one thing she says, though, that's just very fitting. Like, he's on the edge of tears. Like, you can just see them welling up in his mm-hmm. eyes. And she says to him, and uh, this is, of course, the translated version, but it, she says, if you call me a fucking whore, a stupid bitch, a pedophile, I feel that. I'm not a Nazi, not a psychopath, not an enemy of the people. The fact that I have another fucking political opinion doesn't mean I'm not a person. And I thought that was like, I'm not saying he warranted death, but her line is so good. It's very poignant, yeah. Like, But then she just, she says she's not a psychopath, but she's kind of in that realm here. Yeah. But so she's starting to calm down like cause this kid's apologizing and they're kind, and she even says like she's start, sorry for shooting his dad and unfortunately right then Stephen comes upstairs startling her mm-hmm. and she co- shoots and kills Tarek. So now the kid's dead and he's just like what have you done and he's she's saying like how they deserved it and he's like no one deserves this. Yeah. And she's like why are you taking his side and you're just like oh fuck oh, no. Shit. Yeah right at that point you know it's like well she's gonna turn the gun on him. Yeah. And of course she does and you don't see her shoot and kill him, but you do see the daughter taking like all the fingers out and laying them on the table, like counting them out, like how all these people. And you can see at one point, like we, there's like twelve of them or something. You see, there's more still in the mm-hmm. damn box. Like, where is she using any of these peas to at least get like the lo- the levels down? Yeah, like how long have you had these peas? Yeah, no one apparently wants peas in this house. Apparently not. One thing. So at this point, she goes to her book launch covered in fucking blood and i'm just like oh my gosh she's gonna walk in there like nothing happened but then we see that her book has a white cover with a blood splatter on it and you're like mm-hmm. everyone's gonna think this is just a publicity stunt god yep, damn it exactly and of course very fittingly she gets a bloody mary now the actual book cover they don't translate or anything you have to really look and pay attention but i figured it out because i was like i gotta figure out what the hell this book says so the book says nation van innen mordenar which i hope i didn't butcher that too much but essentially it translates to confessions of a killer interesting so it makes you wonder is she i mean obviously this has probably been edited and everything and is she admitting something in this book i feel like that she is but from the perspective of like a fiction i think is what it was supposed to be yeah so she wrote like a fictional book about about what she actually did which is why she probably was so inspired when she went and was writing the pages always right afterwards but she again takes her bloody mary and she toasts and she says which translates on there it says here's to life but technically it's just to life i believe but essentially again that's what she's saying here's to life despite the fact she's just killed like what seemed to be the you know probably the love of her life and probably gonna eventually get caught I would yeah. think, but... But you really don't know, and this is the end of the movie. Yeah, this is so it. So it just leaves it very ambiguous, and I really liked how it did that. Yeah. This isn't the movie that I needed this to be 
tied up neatly with a bow. I like that it left it open-ended. Yeah. And it's funny about the original title of the movie mm, that... The Kotora? Mm-hmm. It directly Kotora. translates to the cunt whore, but you see in the columnist, it contains the, the words, letters to make up the word cunt. Yeah, so, like... And I didn't... And in know. order. So it's like, if you just look at the columnist, they're they're right there. Yep. And what was kind of cool was I didn't even think about that or realize it, but I saw on Twitter, of all places, of course, that Katya Hebers, our star of this, Femka, she apparently was getting a bunch of shit from a bunch of QAnon nuts. And they were basically saying that they were worried journalists could be inspired to go on a killing spree. Oh, were saying, so maybe you assholes should stop saying this fucking ludicrous shit and stop being pieces of human garbage. Well, and then they were saying like how this should be reversed and everything. So her exact tweet back to it was, our movie isn't even about a journalist. The protagonist, me, is a semi-famous author who writes mediocre quote-unquote slice-of-life stories, but still manages to get a shit ton of death threats because she opposes quote-unquote Black Pete, and her writing is considered quote-unquote female. The exact kind of things that the... So basically the actress is now getting shit from these nuts too. It's like, god damn it, you you all learn nothing from this movie. Art imitates life. Oh, you know those idiots never even watched this movie. Probably not. Or if they did, they totally misinterpreted everything about it. Because obviously they're the, these are the exact examples of these fucked up trolls. Mm -hmm. These are those people. So, of course, they can't look in the mirror. Yeah. Now, one thing I will point out that was like a slight, and we said this while we were watching it, and I looked on IMDb, and apparently other people caught this as well, that when she goes to shoot Tarek, she shoots his dad, shoots him, and then shoots Steven. It's a double-barrel shotgun. There wouldn't be any more rounds in it. Yeah, unless you reloaded. And maybe she did, but where did she get the rounds from? I mean, I guess she could have taken I mean, them out of... When she got the guns, maybe she got, grabbed a couple, but I, it's hard to tell. Yeah. It's not like America, she you could just walk into an ammo shop. Yeah, and if she took the time to reload, wouldn't Steven have had enough time to grab the gun? I guess she could have taken the bullet out from when she killed the dad and then reloaded. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to tell. But I did want to have a slight discussion about Svartopit. I was uh, going to say, let's transition to that real quick because i think that's really important and something that is a point in this movie that i'm sure pissed off some of the the right-wing lunatics yeah the and it's something that i think the white supremacists yeah and i think it's something that a lot of people need to understand and this is a, a major point of contention in dutch culture right yeah. now and it's something that has a lot of hurt in it and a lot of in, in, my, in my view blatantly bigoted portrayal well and so let's kind of explain what it is for those who don't know so obviously you can google this and figure it out but essentially black pete is a character that was as far as they could tell written in a children's story where basically he was a slave and he was santa's helper and he would take the bad kids and put them in a sack of i guess it was either broken toys or empty toys something like that and take them away and there's some belief that this kind of transitioned from germany where in germany though it was people were put, making their skin dark for like dressing up as like Krampus and stuff like mm -hmm. that where it was not dark to be like changing their skin color for that but to like add like dark fur and stuff like that yeah. so nothing to do with race just exactly just might make themselves look like a monster or another being yeah so there's some belief that it may have somehow come from that but and i guess apparently also he would they'd take the bad kids back to spain because i guess when because you're going spain, from the netherlands to because let's go let's take them to a, a beautiful veranda in valencia yeah let's take them to seville where it's just beautiful all the time now, Such a there, horrible place. There was some stuff about why that was. I can't remember off the top of my head. But basically, from everything I've read about this, there's a lot of people pissed on both sides. As the, obviously, we're siding with the people that are trying to get rid of Black okay. Pete. Now, the argument goes down to some people were saying that this is just part of 
long-running Dutch culture. It's not meant to be offensive. Just let it go. And the other side of that coin is, yeah, but it's an obvious very hurtful kind of tradition and a hurtful tradition needs that needs to go away this is modern times we need to be more cognizant of how horrible a portrayal this is of just demeaning black people yeah and and there's some and there's and in the netherlands there's a lot of immigration from a lot of places Um, like a lot of europe is has a lot of that which is i think a great thing i mean for example you want to go okay one of the biggest representations of that country they take their their football very seriously and their national team a lot of those players are immigrants and are black so it's a it's just people that's all it is is people from different backgrounds who have come to love this country and love representing it it's for everybody and do you want to insult those people and the and you know the kids that look up to them and then they sh- they portray you as this bumbling dumb fuck yeah it's not even portrayed in a good way like he's yeah. kind of, he's like this caricature that is they do like they put on like these fake afro rigs. They paint their skin very dark. They try to make their lips look big and stuff big like and that. red. It's and just like this really blatantly obvious stereo racial now, stereo. There is some movement, and this is where it kind of gets a little tricky. Where there's some movement to change him to Chimney Pete, which is basically he came down the chimney and he's got just some soot stains on mm-hmm. him. I could and see that as a level-headed compromise. There's some people that have argued though that it's still like based in racism from the beginning so Mm -hmm. it's hard to just transition away from that when i see both sides of that yeah but it feels like if you were really gonna have to still have something at least that is like oh no he's just like an elf that went down the chimney and he's got some soot on him yeah and the the people that have dressed up that way you can tell like they don't look like they're blackface you know they look like they've just got some soot on their face i think that would be a much more i mean obviously the original portrayal is pretty blatantly obvious of what it is meant to be. Mm-hmm. But I think that would be a logical middle ground. And I think that would be something that at least as a society, they need to look at. Yeah. And I want to quote one of the gentlemen that's working to try to go through the anti Zvartopit. Sure. His name is Jerry Afrayi. I hope I'm not mispronouncing his last name. If I am, I'm sorry. But he stated, I was trying to do my part to put some pride into these young black girls and boys. Be proud of who you are because we have seen many examples of children coming home and jumping in the shower trying to wash their skin off because the children at school were teasing them that they were ugly, that they were dirty. One girl recently was asking, why can other kids get clean but I can't? Why is my dirtiness permanent? And she was referring to her skin. That's just not okay. And, that and that's never where it happen. shows there's a problem. It's not like this is a character that everyone's like, we love this, it's the best or something. Mm-hmm. Like that. Even then, it's still not okay to do the blackface and everything. But there's harm coming from it. It's not like there's no harm coming from this. This character is viewed as a bumbling dumbass. Yeah. An idiot. Something that's subordinate to Santa, the white guy, and is literally a slave. Yeah. It's not okay. And you're, you're taking kids and making them feel horrible about who they are. That just, it shows there's a, there's a societal rot there that yeah. needs to be taken care of. And then I was also going to quote the All That's Interesting article that I read about it because I thought they had a really good comment about what's been happening at the protests because it's not been super peaceful. From Those have the, not been pretty. No, the, one of the things that was interesting in this movie, in The Columnist, one of the posters her daughter puts up has someone with what looks like, like an X of tape over their mouth, kind of like you know, being silenced. Where a lot of the people that protest do the same thing. I think that's you know a big 
for protesters, you put that tape over your mouth like that. But the, to quote the article, again, this is all that's interesting. It stated, most disturbingly, there have been incidences of white supremacists co-opting the pro-Svartapit movement to signal their ethno-nationalism. Reports of extremists attacking anti-Svartapit protesters, distributing right-wing party stickers to children, and performing the Nazi salute at rallies have spiked in recent years. So essentially, it's Lazio Ultras? <laughs> showing up in the Netherlands now, or, or apparently just people in Orlando, because we Ugh. we're recording this the day after that incident. So for anyone that somehow you've missed this, in Orlando we had a bunch of Nazis show up in full outfits. They were yelling very horrible epitaphs against Jewish people. Yeah, and, and they had they, they had, had swastika a, signs. They oh, were oh they were hiling on the side like like in front of a shopping center and, and there was, screaming. There's well, video this guy of them. with a megahorn and yeah. he's sitting there using some very unpleasant language very to describe. Jewish horrible, people, horrible, saying we need to kill all and the there's Jews. There's one guy just saying all these horrible racial bigoted obscenities. The one funny thing to come out of that, though, is <laughs> their that their banners misspelled. They misspelled their own goddamn banner. They put a banner over I four, and it says "Let's go, Brannon." They forgot the D. Yeah, these are people who are just repugnant and subhuman trash. Yeah, and it's a very sad state of societal affairs that these things even happen unfortunately in this country these people have crawled out from the gutters and the cesspools where they should stay in and feel like they can go out and say these things without consequence and really there hasn't been a whole lot of consequence for these people and i get there's a point where i feel like that free speech has gone too far because yeah i'm all for free i'm not speech. okay with hate speech yeah hate speech is where it goes too far like what's happened in a lot of these cases is there's been consequences because people identify these people they lose their jobs oh there's already people trying to identify there's one or two that have been identified yeah and that's the thing is they're being identified they're going to lose probably their jobs unless if they, they even had them yeah they so the same people they're going to cry that other people don't have jobs but they probably don't have any of their own probably. but these are the people though that they're going to find them they're going to lose their jobs and people are going to cry that it's you know silencing them your actions may be legal in the sense that there's no government consequences, but that doesn't mean private corporations have to put up with your bullshit. It also doesn't mean that society at large has to put up with your bullshit. Yeah. This kind of archaic and disturbing, disgusting line of thinking is exactly why that people shouldn't be trying to ban books and trying to trying to subvert education from Telling the whole harsh realities of our of this world, this country, this, this world's history. You have to learn from history or you're doomed to repeat it. And I don't think there should be any censorship on actual historical incidents because yeah. we need to be able to look back on and reflect on these things and learn from them to improve society for everybody in it. And these people are obviously want to be on the border dregs of society and society should ostracize them. When we were still living up north and I lived in Maryland and I would go through Sharpsburg. Sharpsburg is where Antietam is. So, you know, this yeah. is the battle that the South lost. Let me just reiterate that. There is a road there named General Robert E. Lee, like Road I remember Street. seeing that. And I'm like, that's first of all too long it's of a, a name. It's already, yeah, it's already too long Wants of a name. Wants to write that on their address. Exactly. So I'm like, that's already my first issue. But second, he lost. This was a battle he lost. It was like the bloodiest single day yeah. of the entire Civil War. And you're naming roads after the loser? Well, I mean, they're 0 for 2. So, I mean, the it's like in the Nazis, not it's like great. The, these Nazis, it's like flying the flags of, again, 
The losers. And I love Germany. Germany doesn't love the Nazis. No one. Germany educates so this kind of thing doesn't happen. Yeah, they go and make sure this never fucking happens again. Japan too? Yeah. And it's like these countries all became better for that. And then I feel like the U.S. is like, yeah, let's just go ahead and keep rooting for our assholes. And you can argue the whole states' rights points and whatnot, but Which it's I some, think is silly. The whole, like, the South will rise again bullshit. I'm sorry. Most of you all have never even left your county. You're lucky that you can wipe your own ass. I don't think you're going to really rise again. And the idea that anyone thinks they could rise up against this government. Have you seen our military? Good luck. Good fucking luck. I want to see you try to take down a tank. Really want to see it. Yeah. And watch them just run your ass over. Good luck. Nazis suck. That's the point. Let's move on to our rating. Like the original Dead Kennedy song and my favorite version is Napalm Death's cover version of it. Nazi punks fuck off. The end. Uh, ironically, these people thought the Kennedys were coming back. Good lord. Moving on to ratings, shall we? Yeah, let's move on to our ratings. Out of five overalls of film, what you feeling? I'm feeling a four. I think that's fair. You doing four as well? Yeah, I think I'll give it a four. Is it a perfect movie? No. Is it a really good time? Yeah. And it also has a very couple really important messages to say. A, so, stay off social media. B, B, never read the comments. Never read the comments if you are on social media. And C, fuck Nazis. Yep, exactly. Even though that wasn't a point in the movie, but I'm making it a point. Yep. Well, like the neighbor was kind of like a Nazi, so it was very much so. Well, he was he was a white supremacist. It felt like he was close the borders and everything. Blah blah blah. Is there really that much of a difference? No scare factor. I'm going to give it a one. It was not scary at all. It was not meant to be. It was just a fun time. I guess it's scary if you're a troll. I would say I think scare factor for me is a two. Okay. It's not in the movie inherently isn't scary. However, looking at the deeper social commentary and the context, it is scary that we are at a point in society where people do things like this. That's fair. And think that it's okay, that society has devolved to a point where people do things like this and think they can just do it, say whatever they want, and hurt whoever they want with no consequence. Obviously, these people had some dire consequence, and they made it a very fun ride, but it also has a very poignant point to make, and I think that that point was driven very well home. So I think this was a fun, very, very fun movie that also had something serious to say. Yeah. This is why I'm such a big fan. Yep. For sound design, I'm going to go with a three, because there wasn't anything, stuff that really stuck in my head. The montage scenes were really well done. They were very well done. Yeah. But nothing that I felt like was over the top, but nothing bad. Just yeah. kind of middle yeah. of the road for me. Yeah. I'll give it a three for that as well. Same feeling as you. Got the job done. There was nothing really overt, but the way they set it up just worked. Yeah. What you feeling for effects? Effects? I mean, the kill scenes obviously have some good effects. Things like that. It wasn't anything that was over the top, but again, it grounded it in sort of a reality. Mm-hmm. I think it was, it was pretty well done. I'll give it a three for that. I think it's above average. And it just got the job done very workmanlike. Yeah, I'm thinking three as well. What do you think for gore? I've been teetering between a two and a three. I think I'm going to go with a three because it definitely has gore. I mean, you see the fingers being chopped off. There's blood. I mean, see all the fingers in the peas. There's definitely a, a, a decent amount for that with the kill scenes and everything. So, and she comes out of the end just covered in fucking blood. So I'd say three. What do you think? I'm going to give it a two. Two? I don't think any of it was incredibly gratuitous obviously the cutting off of the fingers is kind of a turn your head moment and if you don't like blood there's a few moments where there's a decent amount of blood overall for the most part you know the killing scenes and stuff like that and the violence was kind of spread out and relatively sparse at times a lot of it 
there was a lot of dialogue in this movie, a lot of conversational parts. So it's it's if you don't like blood and you're a little squeamish, yeah, turn your head a few times, but I don't think it's anything overt, especially because of the standard we have these days. Mm-hmm. I, I, for me, it's a two. Yeah. All right. With cool. that, I think we did it. Anything else you want to add before we close on out? Go into this movie with an open mind, have a good time, and I think you'll enjoy it unless you're a troll and it's probably going to make you quake in your boots a little bit. And it, and it should. Maybe, maybe have, nice fun, have fun watching this and maybe it'll be a good reality check. Be a nicer person. My message to everybody, just be kind to each other. It's not that hard. Yeah. And with that, thanks for listening to our ridiculous ramblings. Until next time, this has been We All Pod down here. I'm Brittany. And I'm Dan. Bye. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Our logo was designed by Emmanuel Arroyo. Our website is weallpoddownhere.com. Email us at weallpoddownhere at gmail.com. And you can follow our shenanigans at weallpod on Twitter. And at weallpoddownhere on Instagram and Facebook. And feel free to suggest a movie you want us to review. Or if you just want to suggest something to make me really uncomfortable. Be afraid. Be very afraid.